This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time the Babysitter's Club Mystery. Let's get wiggly. Let's get, let's get wiggly. Let's Darkwing get wiggly. Duck. That's great. Yeah. Go Darkwing, go Darkwing, go. You know that. Okay. And you, so you told me that you have a catchphrase that you say to your boy and you say, let's get wiggly. When my boy is tired, we call it that he's wiggly. Right. And I was trying to introduce that. Or when he's in his swaddle. Yeah. And he's not going to sleep. Right. He's wild and wiggly. Yeah. And so what w- I was w- trying w- to wild, do- w- Wild and wiggly, Miles. You know that? Based on the conversation. I do know that. Wild because and crazy we, kids. Yeah. And we were just talking about it. The, based on the conversation we had before we started recording- is We I was also trying, call his legs figly wigglers. Okay. See, this is great stuff. And what I was trying to do was establish a catchphrase- He kicks him around. For us- and then what you did is you sang the theme to Darkwing Duck, which is copyrighted. And then Wild and, and Crazy Kids. And from a long time ago. Yeah. So I don't know what people, because people aren't going to know what to say, DC. What do you mean? Well, because they're going to, what people who listen to this show are going to want to have a cool catchphrase, but you've confused it with Darkwing Ducks and something called Wild and Crazy Kids, which I don't even know what that is. Yeah. But so what we say is, let's get wiggly, let's get wild. Let's get wiggly, let's get wild. Um, and then that feels like it's the beginning of a couplet. Let's get wiggly, let's get wild, let's get horny, do yeah. it podcast style. Podcast style, that's great. Let's, so that's our new catchphrase, and our new catchphrase is let's get wiggly, let's get wild, let's get horny podcast style. So if you want to say that, anyone who's a listener can say that, and if you say it to your friends and they start wanting to say it, that's okay. We give you blanket permission. Hmm. And uh, what's new with your boy? We went into the office today to see off a, co- a co-worker. It was his last day. He's actually the co-worker who sang our sings our theme tune each week oh he's finally retiring he's finally retired he's like a thousand years old and i'm he's like he looks like the crypt keeper <laughs> so we went into the office it was a nightmare it was too hot the baby was like riding me in that thing you wear on your chest mm-hmm. and we both got very sweaty and gross and then i got the kind of reaction from people i wanted everyone is very excited to see him yeah, yeah, but, people like to see children um, initially. But it wasn't worth it, to be honest. And now, and when I got back home, I was like, I'm never doing that again. I'm never leaving the house again. Yeah, smart. Um, what about Cyril? He is over at his friend Matt's house. Your friend Matt. Yes. An adult man. It's Cyril's friend, too. Cyril is constantly asking where Matt is. Matt just got a puppy. And okay. today we were over at Matt's house, and Cyril and the puppy were both just on the floor underneath the table drinking out of the water bowl. <laughs> and I think that's okay. <laughs> but Good. I don't know. <laughs> It'll make him heartier. Yeah. You know? Um, whatever keeps him happy, this has been Dad Talk. Dad Talk. My name is Tanner Greenring. Nope. We don't uh, say our names for Dad Talk. What we do after Dad Talk is we introduce the show, and the way we do that is that one of us, by which I mean me, says, hi, hi. Uh, And why? 
Why? And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, Club. Club. Mystery Club. My name is Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And every week we talk about a different mystery in the great mystery cycle by the great mystery herself and Mystery Martin. This week we're going to be discussing a novel called Babysitter's Club Mystery number 25, Christy and the Middle School Vandal. A lot of crimes in this one. A lot more crime. A lot Everybody's of crimes. Committing a crimes. A lot of burns. Yeah. A lot of wet, wild, horny podcast action. Yep. And wiggly. And wiggly. Yeah. Uh, color me surprised mm-hmm. when I got to the end of this book, Jack. Okay. Oh, and saw yeah. Who had written it. Oh, yeah. Few times been around that track with Yo, my good friend yeah. Tanner and my good friend Jack. Because I ain't no Nola Thack Nola girl. Thack girl. And yeah. I ain't no Nola Thack girl. Nor am I. Um, no dogs. No. I expected dogs. more dog stuff. There was like a brief like dog poop joke with the pikes, but I, yes. you wouldn't have caught it if you went in the midst of a 135-page-long Thack attack. Right. Um, that's right. Oh! Uh oh, are you okay? What's oh, happening? Do you... My heart. What is it? It's my heart. Should I call I'm someone? Dying. No Should need I... to call anyone. Are you sure? Yes, I'm just having a thack attack. <laughs> and it'll pass. Oh, it's passing. It's passing. Yeah. I've been having a thack attack this whole day. So it's like a lot of false alarms and eventually just like, well. I Sarah just, just keeps like running into the room. You're yeah. like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just knocked the wind out of myself. <laughs> yeah, my whole arm has gone numb. Um, yeah. But, you know, that could just be aging. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm having a thack attack, and the reason I'm having a thack attack and the reason Tanner is having a thack attack is this book was not written by Ellen Miles. It was written by Nola Thacker, who we haven't I know Nola heard Thacker. a peep from in a while. She's been busy over on the main series. She's been busy over on the main series, and I felt like she was riding with a real chip on her shoulder this week. You think so? Yeah, because Ellen did all the mysteries, and you can tell she's... This mystery, and we'll get to it when we describe it, but this mystery is not just one mystery. It's about 18 different mysteries. Yeah. Mysteries inside mysteries, like a mystery rebus puzzle. Yeah, there's like six... There's an A, B, C, D, E, F plot. There are two major mysteries going on, and within each mystery the girls have to solve a series of mysteries right. to get to the end of the We'll be mystery. referring to them as A prime, mystery A prime right. and mystery A theta. Yes. But then there's also sub-mystery theta prime. Right, exactly. Which is the Carrie Rellin stuff. Yes. So it all gets very complicated. We can post our chart. Yeah. We'll put the episode up, kind of keeping track of everything. Yes, um, we have an interactive website, which hopefully will be up by the time this episode comes out. Yep. Um, but I think what we should do is describe this novel. <sighs> if you think that is the best yes. course of action, I'm willing to entertain you. And I think the way that we do it is that I describe it. Um, and I, I have prepared something that I wrote beforehand uh, using my own brain and original thoughts. Okay. Um, and then we'll have you kind of describe it extemporaneously in a time-limited fashion after Would I your written description 
mm-hmm. stand up to being run through a writing checker to make sure it's not plagiarized. Because people have been doing that yeah. in our Baby Nation I've Facebook group I've noticed that. Lately. Yeah, and and the answer is it's yes, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it to it. Right. Because it or shows if you do do it, maybe just keep keep it to yourself. Yeah, and don't do it. Uh, but don't do it. And really. I wouldn't recommend it uh, because it it you know it's distrustful. And For all we know, that person copied Jack, and that and that is what happened. Right. Actually. So it's you it can't so, even it's who are you supposed to trust. In it's this not worth it, you know? and this is all my own original um, writing and thought, and it does perfectly describe this book. Right. Um, so what I'm going to do is probably with the help of a musical backing track, um, I'm going to describe this mystery, um, and then we can kind of go from there. What do you think? Fine. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready to receive your words. Okay. In my ear holes. Got it. Thank you. Here they come. With the help of allies. Mm, Luke, yum, yum, yum. Okay. And it's helpful if you don't. Mm, I'm, yumming them, I'm yumming them down. It's mm. helpful if you, do, if you yum them down as silently as possible. Okay. Sorry. I wasn't uh, trying to be disruptive. I was just. Okay. Expre- in a lot of cultures, Jack. Yeah. Uh, smacking and expressing kind of pleasure. Yeah. At cool. being orally, deli- orally delighted uh-huh. is actually a uh, sign of great respect. That's great. And, it, and not in this one. And you can do that, but after after my description. Okay. Great. Can I do it quietly to myself? N- and no. Inaudibly? And inaudibly is fine. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. With the help of allies Lieutenant Stacy McGill, Gary Oldman, and D.A. Abby Stevenson, Aaron Eckhart, Christy, Christian Bale, has been able to keep a tight lid on crime in Stony Brook Middle School. But just as it seems they're making headway in their tireless battle against the criminal element, a maniacal, wisecracking fiend calling himself the Mischief Knight, Heath Ledger, suddenly throws the school into chaos, and the caped crusader begins to tread a fine line between heroism and vigilantism. Babysitter's Club Mystery number 25, Christy and the middle school vandal. And it mm. seemed like you were really enjoying that from what I was saying. Yum, kind yum. Of, yeah. You, at some point, you like took took your shirt off. Almost. Yeah. Just I had to, to stop myself because I'm in a co-working space. And I'm realizing that I described Christy as a caped crusader in this, and that that's not- Does she wear a cape? It doesn't say she doesn't. Right, she, and she we does. should assume that anyone who isn't explicitly described as not wearing a cape is wearing a cape. Right, that's what I would think. Right. Um. So, got a clean bill of health on that one. Uh, was I supposed to be transcribing that into? A... No, I mean just based on your impression of it, it felt like a good description. Yeah. It felt like original thought. Because I don't want to get in trouble. I was reading this book earlier today, and we'll I will get into this. This is the um, sub mystery beta. Epsilon, I think. Mm-hmm. But when I was reading the book and I thought for a moment it was my description. Yeah. Um I started in my head penning a uh knight's tale kind of inspired description where like the Chaucerian. green mischief knights are squaring off with the red mischief knights. Mm. Also a Heath Ledger film. I didn't realize that you were uh Canterbury Tales Stan. Is the Heath Ledger film based on the Canterbury Tales? Oh, I didn't know there was a film. 
So the, a Knight's Tale? I don't I know it. that's what it's called. I know The Knight's Tale, which is in Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. Let's look it up. Terror Googles. Terror Googles. And what have you discovered, sir? The film takes its title from Chaucer's The Knight's Tale in his The Canterbury Tales. Great. Though the plot is not similar. <laughs> You okay. like this movie. It's um kind of a wrong... So wait, they took the hottest actor of the time, Heath Ledger. Yep. And they got him on contract for a medieval romp. And they were yep. like, you know what? I don't know if this is going to be enough to bring in like the teen fans of this heartthrob. What if... What if we give the title from Chaucer? Right. What if Let's we take a title from the from their the favorite pages of the Canterbury Tales Middle English poem? Here's what Knight's Tale is, and I think you would enjoy it. Okay, uh, raucous, action-packed, rock-fueled adventure comedy about knights who joust. That sounds and fun. So, like Heath Ledger will be jousting against um, the Black Prince, and mm-hmm. there'll be like puddle of mud underneath it like oh that sounds <laughs> dope it's good and i think you would like it yeah that sounds awesome and heath ledger is very um handsome in it do you think the existence of that film is why uh christopher nolan didn't call his second batman movie a knight's tale maybe because there's like copy that he didn't want to get bogged down in like copyright stuff yeah oh, i'm looking at the wikipedia page for it paul bettany plays jeffrey chaucer <laughs> okay so, right. so he's in the movie. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Okay. So the teens must have really flocked to that one. Yeah. They were I can't like, wait to see Paul Bettany as Oh my Chaucer. god! This is going to be so extra. <laughs> a heartthrob Heath Ledger's in it, and Paul Bettany plays Chaucer. Oh, I loved him in those Marvel movies. I can't <laughs> wait to see him play Chaucer. <laughs> Um, great. I thought that was a great description, and it was an A-plus description, and it was not plagiarized from anything, and it's my own work, and it's copyrighted. And if you say it, I will come after you with uh, my legal team. Okay. And I'd like for you to describe this book, but before you do, Tanner, hmm. I'm going to reach into a pocket of time. And don't be surprised if the universe itself seems to come Briefly, ever so briefly, unstuck. What is it currently stuck to? That's a great question, and it's exactly the sort of question you should be asking. Okay. And I literally don't have the time to answer okay. it right but now. But the the universe being stuck to something yeah. is important to the operation of... Of what's happening here, which is in my mysterious clock. Right. Yeah, and the moment that passes will be but a moment, but it will feel okay. like a lifetime. Okay. And you're going to have 60 seconds to describe this book you. and everything that happens in it. Standing in a and those, and there will be no singing. With you. And that's and what it, it reminded me of. And we great. will be in this moment together. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that is actually what that song's about. Right. Hanging on a moment here with you by Lifehouse is about somebody who has a mysterious clock. And um, what. There's more, uh, so there's more than one, or did they have it before you had it? When Mr. Lifehouse says, I'm standing here until you make me move. Okay. That's about this experience, which is is what I'm going to be. Oh, so he was projecting that song back into the past. Yes. Based on this moment that's about to happen. Right. Okay. Yeah. So everyone's going to feel this. 
yeah, everyone's going to feel this. So uh, when this episode comes out, everyone's going to be like, oh, remember like two and a half weeks ago? Yes. We all felt that shudder. That ripple. Yes. Yeah. Um, but here we are. I've got a mysterious clock. It's very mysterious. It's very dangerous. It's very scary, but I'm not afraid to wield it. And what I'm going to do is put 60 seconds on it. During those 60 seconds, you are going to describe every single thing. I'm not afraid of it either, just to be clear. I respect it, and I need it to know that I respect it, but that I am not afraid of it. If you understood it, you would be afraid of it. I'm going to put 60 seconds on it, and you're going to describe this book starting now. Okay, this is a very complicated one, so bear with me here. Uh... The Mischief Knights are causing chaos all over Stony Brook Middle School. They are um, vandalizing cars and pulling fire alarms and doing all sorts of bad, naughty shit. Far worse than any of the the bad, naughty shit the Mischief Knights were doing before. Actually damaging property now. Except now their signature MK has been replaced with uh, green MK instead of the uh, uh, red MK as it has what it was in the past. So Christy approaches Carrie Retlin and says, "We know you're the Mischief Knight. You got to stop this shit." And he's like, "Am I the Mischief Knight? You'll never catch me." Uh, and then she, he's like, "Let's do a mystery war. If you solve all my riddles, I will um, stop bothering you and uh, stop doing mischief." And Christy's like, "Deal." And they have this competition. And Christy bets her watch, and then they do all of Carrie Retland's shit, and they figure out that it was actually Anti- a naughty boy who did all the crimes, and not Carrie Retland. And it was a naughty boy who did it. And you did a good job under Troy the Troy Baker? Troy Baker did the crimes. Troy Baker had been suspended along with a guy called Brad Simon, who is the um, went on to write The Wire. Um, I thought the name sounded familiar. Yeah. Um, and Troy Baker played um, Mini-Me, right? Right, that's right. Yeah, was that um, him? Mini me in um, Austin Powers. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. So Troy Baker is the bad boy, rad boy, rude boy who did the actual crimes, and he is a troubled youth who had been suspended and didn't like being having been suspended and did very bad vandalism crimes. There is a a, a part of this plot that you left out, and I understand because of the constraints of time. Um, but there is a school board meeting where the teachers are going on strike. And the, the, There's so much I love. The out. school board, which is run by a guy called Votes for Oats. Yep. He's called Mr. Oats, but they all call Mr. him Mr. Votes, Mr. Votes, Votes because he's running for mayor. And I think right. that's – Nola Thacker's got a real wit to her. Yeah. Um, they, so he they call fun. him – sometimes call him Mr. Votes. They sometimes call him Mr. Oats. But he's a real bloviating asshole. And yeah. he is uninterested in the fact that the teachers are striking to get fair wages. And he says, if you can't control the vandalism in your school – all sorts of bad shit's going to happen, including that you won't get paid properly. And so that's a so big they, part of the plot. So they're bond. striking. There's also a deep D plot, which is like 100% unnecessary. Yeah. But they did need to have a little bit of good, clean babysitting fun. Yeah. So there and, is a scavenger hunt mm. D plot with the children of Stony Brook. And it was good, and it was clean, and there was babysitting, and it was fun. Um, and it somewhat served to leaven the horror of this yep. boy spiraling into madness as his crimes became ever more violent and destructive. Yep. Um, keying cars, burning shit. Oh, and the list of suspects was so long. So long. It's so the long. German, you, uh, Baby Nation, you remember uh, Stony Brook Middle School's lovable German janitor? <laughs> Mr. Millhouse? Yeah. Yeah. His, he was suspect number one for a little while there. 
Yeah. Carrie Ratlin was a strong suspect. They have really decided to lean into the mischief knights. Carrie Ratlin. Carrie Ratlin has gotten so much fucking action in these, yeah. like the last five books. He's got this chaotic, good energy. His whole like philosophy on life is like, I'm just here to mix things up. I'm here to make things a little more interesting. I do want to talk a little bit more about Carrie Rutland. They've fleshed him out and they've fleshed him out. Perfect. Oh, God, I can't wait to hear. Yeah? The poem you've prepared for your new segment. No, it's not a segment. Not everything has to be a segment. I just want to talk about him. I just want to talk about what he was up to this week. And what? But did you prepare a poem? I didn't prepare a poem. It's a topic. It's not a segment. lazy, man. Next time we'll do a segment. If we need more, we'll do a segment. I've taken to calling him Carrie Retlin from the hit Brian De Palma film based on the Stephen King novel, Carrie. Carrie. Um, and the reason for that- Spelled it, differently. Yeah, I know, it's, but it's, it's, it's wordplay. And the reason for that is the following passage, Tanner. I have a few things to say to you, and then I'll go, said Carrie. He held up his hand and ticked off his fingers as he talked. One, I was in class when the bathrooms were flooded, as my teacher will tell you. I don't have any telepathic powers, so telekinetically turning on and clogging the sinks is out of the question. But why, so why do you call him Carrie Rettland, then, if he doesn't have telekinetic powers? And also, just to clarify, yeah, do you think Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E, and Carrie, C-A-R-Y, are pronounced differently? They're pronounced similarly. Carrie and Carrie. Do you wow, see? I just... Never in a million years would I pronounce those two names differently. Okay, well, you would be wrong. Carrie and Carrie. And I f- kind of focus on the on these nuances, and that's the difference between you and me. It's Carrie and Carrie. Uh, Corey and Carrie. No, that's, that's not me. how I said it. I said it exactly right. Okay. Um, Tanner, why would you deny that is my question to you. you don't, I don't go around denying I have telekinesis. I and, do. Every day. Every day. The, Every okay. day of my life. Okay. <laughs> Just in something case, goes wrong around me, and I'm just like that. Not me. Okay, well that doesn't. What that am I, telekinetic? That makes me start to suspect that you might be. Do you see? I say. I think I'd say that literally every day. Okay, well there we go, and that's that proves my point because now I think you might be. I'm Do not. You, I'm okay. not telekinetic. Why are you denying it? I wouldn't even know how I prove it to you. Okay. Because I'm so untelekinetic, you know what I mean? <laughs> it sounds to me like you are telekinetic, and we're going to go to prom together, and the doors are going to get locked, and I'm going to put pig's blood on you as a funny Do you joke, think they'll let a 30 burn the whole mother down? Five year old man and a 40 year old man go to prom together without their wives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You we, think they will? Maybe chaperones. Yeah, it's 2019. You know? <laughs> and we're gonna be like trying to make it happen the whole time. Like, hey, are you are you teens still doing the pig's blood thing? Because <laughs> my friend has has got it coming. I just keep shouting. I'm not telekinetic. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be so extra. You're very good at talking like a teen. I know. I'm I'm teen AF. And one of the uh, other things that Carrie does is the following thing. Let me read you this, Tanner. This is at the culmination uh, when the actual. Uh, evil person is unmasked from behind me a voice said what are you doing i leaped to my feet still clutching the envelope i turned to face troy parker he looked very angry i swallowed carrie somehow seemed to melt back and blend in with the lockers i was facing troy on my own that's a cool power is there anyone who can he do blends that? Blends in with the, and I don't think he that melts is a, back and blends in with telekinesis. the telekinesis. No, I know it's something else. He's very it's like powerful. active camouflage. He's like predator. Yeah, he's like predator. That's what it is. I was trying to think of a um, 
There's one that Jennifer Lawrence or J Law, as the teens say, plays in the um, X Men. Mystique. Mystique is that's kind of like that. But I like Predator no because she better. just she like turns into other people. You know, she's hmm. not. I don't think she's capable of like morphing into a locker. I think what we're dealing with is like Predator style active camouflage. Right. And I'm trying to think if Predator has some ability like telekinesis. I don't think he no, does. No, no, he doesn't. He just has extremely advanced weaponry. Yes, um, and um, laser stuff. A warrior's instinct, and he can sort of he sees th- with heat vision, which may be true of Carol. He, he may see with heat vision, right? That's he what doesn't we think. need to. Yeah. Um, oh, and he's got that warrior's instinct. He's got warrior's instinct. Um, okay, so Carrie, I just think we should keep an eye on him. I think we had some Carrie-like shit a few weeks ago, and how about we, this? For we the all name of this thought, segment. yeah. Carry on my rattling son. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. <laughs> Good. This has been our hit segment. Carry on my rattling son. Yeah. And that's the segment each week where we check in on what Carrie rattling's up. Where you could do that Nirvana song off of In Utero. It's like, I'm married. I'm Carrie. That's good. Yeah, that could work too. Carrie. Um, what I would like to do now is a hit segment that we do have where we ask our good friend baby b liz to did you is she at your she's not here she's in texas oh she is she's here in my um my my laundry room where i podcast oh okay hi wow hi liz welcome liz i didn't see you there would you mind setting up and just playing one line sarah mclaughlin of the long sarah mclaughlin parody song that you wrote and recorded for us at our we request. We can do the full thing if you want. Maybe a, Time maybe, permitting. Maybe a couple lines. Let's do a stanza or two. Uh, but yeah, take it away, Liz. You're so dutiful When the burns are so light I'm so thankful For smiles For miles so bright Jack and Tanner Guessing the mystery Should I do a different Sublime song to kind of like pair up with that? Um, I I'd rather you did it. Okay. I got no crystal ball. Well, if I had a million guesses, well, I'd I'd guess them all. Perfect. Mystery. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so now we have a Sublime song that pairs up with guessing the mystery. This is a segment that is called guessing the mystery, and what it is is that. After chapter five of these books, Tanner and I write down what we thought the solution to the mystery was going to be, and now we're going to say it. Would you like to begin, Tanner? Yes. Okay. How'd you do? I did well. But you did not well. Perfect. Okay. I got um, maybe sixty percent of the way there. Seventy-five. It, Nola uh, taking a page out of Ellen's book, and I'm sure she would hate me saying this because she's obviously trying to do one-upmanship and just destroy all of Ellen's. 
work by saying this is the only mystery you need to read because it has a thousand mysteries inside it and why would you read any more? Um, but she is treading where Ellen hath trod before and doesn't really give much away in the first five chapters. She sets she sets all the wheels in motion. Yeah. But it's not totally clear what is actually going to be a mystery and what's not. Right. So let's hear what you said. The Vandals are the suspended boys. They're working for or related to votes. Votes. The Oh, votes. The um, Okay. All right. So that's wrong. I'm going to say that's wrong. That's, not, that's only half my guess. Oh, okay. Christy won't win the mystery war, but Carrie will take pity on her anyways and give her watch back. That is more or less accurate. Yeah. And that's just get, called guessing the B-plot. And we should have someone record a song for That's that. guessing the B-plot. But the B-plot was also a mystery, so. Yeah. No, fair. Okay. Guessing um, the mysteries. Should we have Liz go back and re-record so it says guessing the mysteries in, when, yes. for situations yes. when there are two? I bet we can just, let's just both say, Z. You're guessing the mysteries. Z. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And then, so we've got good coverage. Just add that in in post. Um, I also, the first half was not too far off. The Vandals were the. No, it was pretty boys. good. It was pretty good. Um, can I say mine? Yes. I'm realizing as I read it back that I need a fair amount of editorializing. Okay. And then if I run this through a. No, not plagiarizing. Okay. Editorializing. Okay. So I just kind of want to flag that uh, because it, it, it has a little bit of. A little bit more like more tone, more voiciness than perhaps is appropriate. You were feeling kind of saucy. I was feeling a little something. When you were reading it? Um, so here's what I wrote, and I think it is mostly right. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Brad Simon and Troy Parker are vicious, wicked crime boys who were suspended because of the original sin that wormed its way out of them and into the world. They are the ones doing the vandalism because they are upset about the justified and righteous suspension that is purging them of their iniquity. They're trying to pin it on the mischief knights. Okay. And that is exactly what happened except Brad Simon was not. Brad Simon is actually just a troubled boy. Yeah, because he's selling... Tests as study guides, and God, I can't remember which book it was because I've read so many of these, but Christy kind of gets in trouble, I think. Maybe someone else. Abby? Abby sounds right. That's why she's so keen to say that he's not handsome. Anyway, he has nothing to do with this novel. No, he's just sort of, um, he's a red herring. But he and Troy got suspended, and Troy did do the crimes and did eventually do the time. Yep, and Claudia blows the lid wide off the case. Mm -hmm. And that is how you say that, and it's a great, great, you fucking landed it, which is what I liked about it. Um, Because she realizes that Troy Parker- It's not a very popular expression, so a lot of you may not have heard it, blow the lid wide off the case, but- People who are in the know. If and, you're like a detective, yeah. you probably have heard it. Yeah, anyone who's a who's a private dick. Right. Or like a you know, true crime aficionado. Or like if you've worked in the FBI or just like interested in that sort of thing, or if you're yep. an investigative journalist, you'll yep. know it and it's you you would say blow the lid wide off the case. Yep. Um, and it's, that's just how you say it, and it's what you would say for, uh, in a circumstance. Claudia like that. realized that. Because Brad... like a ca- it's like a, the case has a lid. Yep. And then you, but it's like the case is like pretty wide. Can be. Or it's actually pretty narrow, but when it's, you. The case is narrow, but when you blow it off, when you blow it, it off, it has like a pretty wide trajectory. 
And that's right. why you would say it like that. Anyway, carry on. Claudia realizes the that wide Troy... Yeah, I'm going to blow the lid and, right and off the case, right? Yeah, and, you, and you, that's what there. you're doing, yeah. And this is our new segment. It's called Blow the Lid Wide Off the Case. Yeah. And it, okay. And Claudia realizes that Troy Parker um, dresses poorly, and it's because he's colorblind, which is why oh, he's yeah. been using a green marker instead of a red one. That's right. And that's how they caught him. Yeah, and she says that grunge is out of style. That That's true. Yeah, and I guess it is. Grunge came into the world out of style. <laughs> My cousin, the same cousin who introduced me to the Babysitter's Club, Peep. at some point for whenever Pearl Jam's 10 came out, I can actually pinpoint this. So you can Tanner Google this shit and tell me exactly when that was. I think it was very early 90s, maybe 1991 or two. August 27th, yeah. 1991. 91. Um, my cousin Pip bought me a copy of Pearl Jam's 10 for Christmas and then like a flannel shirt and some She jeans, was just trying to jeans. get you into the scene. And she was like, dude, you just... You, you gotta just, come with me on this one, Jack. You just gotta. It didn't totally work for me because like I went from sweatpants and like a hypercolor t-shirt and people didn't believe it. Right. Okay, so why don't we take a quick break, and then when okay. we come back, we're going to review this novel for you. Okay. Me? I, no, for, I'm, for, I'm talking to the listeners. Okay. Right. Okay. All right, so um, goodbye. Mystery. And we're back, and we're going to review this novel for Tim Cook, our benefactor, our patron. Tim Cook came to us and said, I want to make the iBook store into the world's greatest social media network. I want to kill Facebook. I want to kill Bon Appetit. I want to kill Snapchat. Snapchat. Um, Pornhub, he said. Uh, yeah, taking them down. And that's then smut. Bezos came in and was yeah. like, we want to do the same thing for Goodreads. Jack, will you please post them on Goodreads right. too? Yeah. I also hate Pornhub. And yeah. We- and we're like, yep, we agree. We agree. We want to do this because we want to bring people together. And we also want to stop the pernicious influence of pornography. Yes. Um, and this social network is going to have everything. It's going to start with book reviews. It's going to branch out. I think it's mostly going to stick with book reviews, but you're going to get For now. everything. For now. For everything now. you're currently getting on Round Pornhub, yeah. you're going to get over here at iBooks reviews. When we get to round B investment, round yeah. C, we're going to branch out. And we're, we're going to pivot. new hires. We're going to pivot. And we're going to pivot to video. Yep. And then it's one short pivot from video to- To bankruptcy. Smut. <laughs> oh, it's smut. Yeah. And what we do and what Tim Cook and Jeff Bezos have asked us to do, and you can find this on the hot new social networks, iBooks reviews and Goodreads, is we review these novels. And I am here inside the mainframe- and I am ready to review this novel. And I'm in. I'm in. Is what Neo says. Neo says. <laughs> yeah. And what I've done is I've hit five stars. I just went ahead and hit five stars. It's a Christie book, and I think that's acceptable. And book. Nola really brought the heat. Um, and I week. think that's a great title. And we're going to say Nola really brought the heat. This week. What about? And then does that mean the whole thing kind of to rhyme? Nola feels the heat coming around the corner. She better be ready to walk away. Okay. That's from The Heat. The Miami Heat? No, the hit movie, The Heat, starring Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. 
Okay. Right. When you feel the heat like coming around. So what about when you feel the heat coming around the corner, you better be ready to walk away. And Nola really brought the heat this week. Is that going to fit? Because we do sometimes run into that. There is a word count. You better be ready to walk away. I think the movie is just called Heat. Yeah, and it is called Heat. Not the Heat. Okay, so I'm going to say, you better be ready to walk away, dot, 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 and then in the review, dot, 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 and Nola really brought the heat this week. Right. Okay, so I've got a first sentence for us. Okay, you pre-prepared this. Well, I pre-prepared an idea for how we should start this. And this is a joint endeavor and a joint enterprise, so you can veto it if you don't like it. But this has a real ring to it, and it is poetic and lyrical. Wikipedia defines Vandals as a large East Germanic tribe or a group of tribes that first appear in history inhabiting present-day southern Poland. Okay. And you're... Now I'm just spitballing, but... Okay, and now we're spitballing. And We you, define Vandal. We define Vandal. But, but we define Vandal. But after reading this scintillating novel... Yes. Oh, beautiful. We define Vandal... As... As a... Nola Thacker's vandalism of Ellen Miles's. Mystery right. mythology. Oh, by the way, we're pro vandalism. As Nola Thacker, right? Comma, who, who vandalized Ellen Miles's mystery mythology, and then maybe say, "Oh, by the way, like Professor K and the kids from Jets at Radio Future." Okay, we no. love vandalism, <laughs> and I don't know what that is. Yes, you do. It's the rollerblading game where you do spray paint. Okay. Got it. In Neo Tokyo. We love vandalism. Great. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, Now, we've got a few directions we can go here. Yes. We can go Michael Mann's Heat. We can go uh, Proto-European tribes. Or we can go Jet Set Radio Future as kind of the framework, the space we play in for the rest of the review yeah and i'm just curious which one feel feels most fertile for you well i'm feeling vandals the vandal tribe yeah how about can we do something with visigoths yeah i was thinking goths and visigoths huns hey hun yeah there's something there um saxons just as the huns okay now we're heating up now we're heating up just as the huns now we're heating up. Replace the vandals in history. Yeah. Cooling off. We're cooling off. See, I just I don't want to call the Babysitters Club member Huns. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? What's your what's the joke your mom tells? Yeah, and we won't tell that one because it's pretty long. And I don't remember it. And it's I think it's got Visigoths in it. What's the other sort of proto-European tribe though? Um, and I can't remember. Do you want to text her? Maybe? No, and I don't because she's and in that, would, that would be yeah, yeah. yeah. So what was the second thing? We've got Jets at Radio Future. We've got the um, the Vandals. Michael Mann movie Heat and Michael Mann movie Heat. Let's try to t- 
talk about this novel in some way. Okay. The, what about this? The middle school vandal in this novel is no Han. Okay, and that's good. Nor is a he a goth. That's great. Um, we've got a good start to this sentence. Okay, here's what we can do. We can make this a message. Nor is he a goth. And while there's nothing wrong, what are goths like? The Cure? Um, the Cure, Nightmare Before Christmas. With, I think um, you mean Nightmare of You? Oh, I see. Yes, no, got it. My Chemical Romance. And while there's nothing wrong with liking The Cure, MCR, or Nightmare Before Christmas. And then, so this is new kind of territory. Yeah. I see what you're doing. There, you're giving us a new place to branch There out. is a lot wrong with being with vandalism, and it's a right. moral message. And as Morrissey said, yeah. meat is murder, so is vandalism, except it's not murder, but it is a crime, like murder. Great, and that's amazing. And, and I love that. Can you clean it up a little bit? But you see the direction I'm headed with that, right? Yeah, except I just don't know that Morrissey is goth. Morrissey was in the Smiths. Right. And they had an album called Meat is Murder. Right. And I do get that. But just because of the cure, I see. Okay, hang on. A flight flew in my one. And uh, so what I did was I conflated the Smiths and the cure. Yeah. I think is what's happening. Okay, I got you. So let's, let's, let's say what Robert Smith said. Robert Smith said meat is murder. No, he said I will always love you. Right. Okay, and there we go. And as Robert Smith said... And Whitney Houston. Said, let's keep Whitney out of this. I will... Well, she did say it too. So what about this? And to paraphrase Robert Smith, I will always love this book for teaching me that lesson. Yes, perfect. There we go. Robert Smith and... Okay. And... Okay, so I'm going to say Robert Smith from The Cure. Right. And Whitney Houston, not from The Cure. Right. I will always love this book for teaching me that lesson. And then do we want to circle back to any of the other references? Michael Mann, Jet Set Radio Future, MCR, Nightmare Before Christmas. Prepare to be scandalized. And vandalize because the heat is coming to Stony Brook Middle School. And that's the Michael Mann stuff again? Yeah, that's the heat. What about just instead of referencing the heat again, we do another Michael Mann movie, like maybe Collateral? And you don't want to be Collateral Damage. Right. It's just called Collateral. The Collateral dot 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 damage. Okay, is there anything else you want to say before we close this one out? We didn't get Jet Set Radio Future back in, and I would love to. Oh, I tell um, you what. I'm looking as as Sibo Mato. Okay, as Chibo Mato says from the Jet Set Radio Future soundtrack in the Jet Set Radio Future soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Let me look up the lyrics to your birthday cake real quick. And a moth did fly into my wine. And now it's a moth. The bug keeps getting bigger and bigger each time you, you mention it. We had moths. So the song is kind of nonsense, but... Okay. One thing is, you know my love is very... My, you know my love is very sweet. Okay. 
the woman in Chibo Mato says. Okay, so as... So maybe you can say, like, our love for this book... Do you know she dated is... Sean Lennon for a while? <laughs> Sorry. As Chibo Mato says in the Jet Set Radio future soundtrack, you know my love is very sweet. And our love for this book is very sweet. We didn't hit MCR too hard, but they were kind of a throwaway reference. Yeah. But our love for this book, our like love- our love for this book, like MCR's love for Helena, is very sweet. And Jack Skellington's love for the woman from Nightmare Before Christmas. I think her name was Sally. And did you get all that? Yes. Do you, uh, you want to read it back? Let me just make sure you got it all. I want to say I want our love for the stunning return to form by Nola Thacker. You want to add more words, and that's that's actually ideal. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got my three things, right? Ascending Tricola. Okay. Here's what I've done, and I think you're going to like it. As Chiba Mato says in the Jet Set Radio Future soundtrack, you know my love is very sweet, but our love for this stunning return to form by Nola Thacker, like MCR's love for Helena, and Jack Skellington's love for someone whose name we think is Sally, is sweet, neat, and full of heat. Ooh. Yeah, and that is what I did. Any objections? I couldn't possibly have one. Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring. P.S. That's going to scan so well. This one. I'm going to read it back to you from the beginning. Me too. Five stars. When you feel the heat coming around the corner, you better be ready to walk away. And Nola really brought the heat this week. Wikipedia defines vandals as a large East Germanic tribe or a group of tribes that first appear in history inhabiting present-day southern Poland. But after reading this scintillating novel, we define vandal as Nola Thacker, who vandalized Ellen Miles' mystery mythology. Oh, by the way, like Professor K and the kids from Jet Set Radio Future, we love vandalism. The middle school vandal in this novel is no hun, nor is he a goth. And while there's nothing wrong with liking The Cure, MCR, or Nightmare Before Christmas, there is a lot wrong with vandalism. And that sends a moral message, I think. And to paraphrase Robert Smith from The Cure, and Whitney Houston, not from The Cure, I will always love this book for teaching me that lesson. Prepare to be scandalized and vandalized because the heat is coming to Stony Brook Middle School and you won't want to be collateral damage. As Chiba Mato says in the Jet Set Radio Future soundtrack, you know my love is sweet, but our love for this stunning return to form by Nola Thacker, like MCR's love for Helena and Jack Skellington's love for someone whose name we think is Sally, is sweet, neat, and full of heat. Okay, can I make one suggestion? Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring, P.S. We love this one. Yes. We say heat so much. Yeah, and uh, okay, yeah. And I think sweet, neat, and full of heat mm-hmm. is unnecessary. And we kind of have a dangling Whitney Houston reference in there. Okay. So what I'm thinking is we replace full of heat with maybe um, sweet, neat, and all the man I need, which is a Whitney Houston song. Sweet, neat, and all the man I need. Okay. Okay, I'm going to allow it. And shall I do it with caps? Yes, and in uh, quotes. Song titles and quotes. Okay, great. All the man I need. Great. Ready to submit? Submit. And I have... And five stars? Yeah, five stars. It's great. Perfect. Perfect. And I think that really will sum it up. We didn't end up spoiling it. We did spoil 
Heat. Heat. We spoiled Nightmare Before Christmas. We spoiled Jet Set Radio Future. Chibamato song, Birthday Cake. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you're not like a history buff, yeah. we probably spoiled kind of early European history. Yeah. Like northern kind of coastal European history. The fall of Rome right at the end. Right. Great. Okay. Um, I think it might be time to move on. Oh, can I ask you this, Tanner? Yes. This was scary. This this passage was scary. So Carrie Retlin, who is just has a real turn in this book, a real star turn in this novel. The is this a segment? No, it's not a segment. The A prime plot of this novel is that Carrie has devised a series of devious. Sounds like you're talking about Carrie quite a bit. I am you sure this isn't a Carrie. It's not a segment. segment. No, it's not. There's no Carrie. I don't have. You didn't write a poem for Carrie. Carry on my redland son. Mary, Carrie. <laughs> Your boss. Um, That's good. And Carrie, the B subprime A plot is that Carrie has written a series of devious mysteries leading the girls, and this is what Nola does so well, leading the girls to the final clue, which is. Carrie's spoken. Great. Okay, you got that. Great. And it's, I'm trying to. I'm workshopping. And it's and it's a hard sentence for me to say. And it we really. Carrie. Kind of, I really want to fi- kind of finish it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll work on it. And it's not because Jeremy doesn't even. It shares a, a, a similar phoneme as its first syllable. Carrie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you work on it? Um, he's leaving them clues, but one of the clues that he leaves. Is this, and it scared me, and it scared the hell out of me. And I want to talk to you about it. Okay. I unfolded the white paper and read aloud, Toasted gloves or barbecued bats, anyone? Well, I don't think he's talking about the school lunches, said Stacy after a minute. It's a baseball clue, I said, not very brilliantly. Then I froze. Barbecued bats. I had a sudden vision of the athletic supply shack that had burned down not long ago. A sudden, unpleasant vision, because it was something I had sort of been involved in. All of a sudden, she was right back there. She was right back in that moment. Her crime. Her, like, PTSD had, like, hit her, and she was right back there. She has a vision of her own crime. And Tanner, what this made me think is that this novel, in many ways, is about Christy confronting the darkness that is inside of her. The darkness that began when she burned a man, in Christie okay, and okay, the okay. burning of a man. Does anyone in this book interact with Carrie Redland other than Christie? No, only Christie. And if we re- okay. rearrange the I'm letters of Carrie Redland, yeah. does it spell Christie Thomas Brewer? Almost certainly. And it's the. I'm dark... not going to do the math now. I and... and I think it says Dark Christie is what it it's says. It's Dark Christie, and it's Dark Christie. And it... look, we don't have time to. Go... We've learned the hard way <laughs> that we can't go to anagramfinder.com. And no, look for stuff, but we can do letter quagmire. math in our heads. And Carrie Ratlin, right. if you rearrange the letters, spells Dark Christie. And Carrie Ratlin only exists in Christie's mind, and it is reminding her of her own crime. And it is her darkness that she is confronting in this novel. And Tanner, you know who else's darkness it is? Ours. Let me read you this passage again. Then I froze. Barbecued bats. I had a sudden vision. Barbecued bats? You know who barbecues bats? Oh, barbecues Tanner? bats. Anne. Batman. Oh, Anne. 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 Anne, her weapon is fire, and her foe 
Her nemesis is bats. This is Anne confronting her darkness. The one thing she fears and the weapon that she wields against it and against anyone who gets in her way. Fire. The fire at Marianne's house. Anne will burn anything. It's dark Anne. To burn bats and barbecue them. And we know that because we stalked her Facebook once and she said that she was afraid of bats. And we know that. Yes. And she is the Bane to Bats. Bane and that to means, Bats. And that's what the you third think we made that up? Batman movie is, A Knight's Tale 2. Bane to Bats. It's called Bane to Bats. <laughs> and Bane's a Knight's, in it. A Knight's Tale 2, Bane to Bats. Yeah. <laughs> and Bane is in it. And that is about this. And yeah. we have blown the lid wide off of this one, haven't we, Tanner? <laughs> <laughs> haven't we? <laughs> haven't we? Wow. I'm going to keep an eye on Carrie Retland, see if anyone else interacts with it. Nobody does. Only Christy does. sees him. Right. Because it's, it's, it's Dark, dark Anne. Christy. It's Dark Christy and it's Dark Anne. And that's and, if you do if you rearrange the letters of Carrie Retland, it says Dark Anne Christy. Dark Anne and Dark Christy. And, right. And then we blown the lid wide off of it. And we blown the lid wide off of it. Um, Jack. Yeah. That wasn't the only disturbing thing to happen this week. No. Something is wrong with Janine. Yeah, something is and wrong. I hate with to say it, yeah, because I know she's your favorite character. She only appears once in this novel, and it's in a very disturbing. This passage. is the subplot, like C theta, yeah, where the kids are doing a scavenger hunt, like their fifth scavenger hunt. They just needed something to bounce back to that wasn't right. the mischief nights, yeah. And this was the clue that the kids got, yeah. This sings in the trees and floats in the breeze. A part or a whole will fulfill this role. And whole is spelled W-H-O-L-E. Yeah, very clever. And everyone, and you can, so there's no wrong answers with this scavenger hunt. If you can, yeah. the, 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 the most creative response gets the most points. Right. So the kids immediately go out and try to find something that kind of fills that riddle. Um, and Becca Ramsey decides that wind chimes. Right. Sing in the is, trees. Is, yes. Very clever. So they think about where wind chimes could exist, and she finds one that Claudia has made uh-huh. um, out of found objects, including spoons, bits of wood, shells, and yes, even Of feathers. course, Claudia has made that. I actually weirdly think that that's a scene from the motion picture we watched. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? Like, yeah. Claudia's, like, on her porch, like, making a... Just, like, frantically building a wind chime that sounds right so they go up to claudia's house and they're like we need that for the scavenger hunt and the only person home is janine <laughs> and so it's becca ramsey and johnny um, hobot hobot yeah and a couple of pike kids yeah janine who was reading on the front porch warned the clue crushers, and that's the name of their team the clue crushers warned the clue crushers to return the wind chime safely we will, promise Jenny Prezioso. No problem, mate, piped up Johnny. Janine raised an eyebrow. Australia. The Sydney Opera House is quite extraordinary, she commented, <laughs> and then went back to her book. What the fuck, Janine? What the fuck? What is Why? that? Why, Janine? Is she talking Why to him? S- Why did you say that? <laughs> Who are you talking to? Him? She's talking to us? He's maybe he's maybe seen it. Yeah. He's from Australia. And I don't know much about Australia, but I think almost the entire population lives in Sydney. Yes, certainly. Cuz the rest is like desert. It's all desert. Yeah. It's like snakes. It's a large desert called Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> the Melbourne Desert. And you can't go there cuz it's all snakes. There's a big rock in the middle called Uluru. 
Yeah. And we know that because we have been to Sydney. And I've been. uh, Oh, and I've been many times, times. actually, probably more times than I went, actually went to Sydney before you did. So. No, I actually went first. Oh, no. I I went to launch the office. I went first and I went to launch the office there and you went afterwards. Well, I've been there several times. So. Yeah, and I went there first. And I have actually seen the Opera House. I've, I've actually seen it. I opera went and saw an opera there, and it was fucking great. And Janina's which right. Opera? Yeah, which opera? Uh, wow. <laughs> we can't even say the name of an opera. I can't remember which one we saw. You've never even seen an opera. Oh, it was La Boheme, I think. Sure. <laughs> Tanner, I would like to ask you a brief question before we start to wind things down. Okay. And it's a segment that we pulled over from our... Uh, other hit show that's b- uh, behind a paywall on Patreon. And mm-hmm. it's where we ask the following question. We say, Who's that Felly? No. Oh. We, we say, <laughs> Is this true? So this is another clue that Carrie Retland leaves for the girls. And the clue says the following. IPA2, the F, O, T, USA, and to the R. And then there's a picture of four witches. Yep. And then it says look up. And so what that translates to, it's a rebus puzzle. And it's the IPA2 is I pledge allegiance to. And the F, O, USA is the flag of the United States of America and two to the Republic and then four witches. Right. So you're saying, and what are you saying? So my question to you is, is that the Pledge of, the Pledge of Allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America United States and of America. to the Republic and four witches stand? Because that's not how I've been saying it every morning actually- when we get up in our family. We've been saying for which it stands. For what? For which what stands? The flag, I think. I, I I'm realizing it doesn't make any sense. That but doesn't it's, make any sense. So I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and the Republic for which it stand. For so which the Republic stand. is actually kind of like the core of the Republic is these four witches, right? And I didn't know that stand, and they stand at four corners, right? Where Arizona. Um, right. Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico meet, yeah. and each of them stands in a different state, and that's actually what's kind of holding the entire country together. So, are we pledging allegiance to the f- to the four witches? Well, the flag and the four witches, and that's why people get so mad about people kneeling because the four witches would be furious. Well, can you imagine what would happen if the the witch kneeled? Right, the whole thing would come crashing the whole quadrant down. Quadrant of the U.S. would okay. Okay, well, so this isn't. I'm embarrassed. I, maybe we, we should take this one back because I'm embarrassed to ask it that it's true because it sounds like everyone knows it. Most people know it. I mean, you're new to America, so you're you've got like a bit of a pass. Yeah, you're a new American, right? But this is all stuff most of us learned in social studies. So when I've been pledging allegiance to the flag every morning, I've been doing it wrong because I've been pledging allegiance. To the I think you're you're doing okay. Stands. You're at least pledging allegiance to the flag, which is right. great. Yeah. And we need that, but yeah. you should start pledging allegiance to the four witches as well. Okay. Keeping this country afloat. Okay. And and God bless America and God bless the four witches. And I mean that literally keeping it afloat because if it wasn't for them, it would be it would in the sea. Sink. Okay. Yes. So, God bless America, God bless the four witches, God bless the star, stars and bars. 
God bless the new founding fathers. Yeah. And the purge. And the purge and, and the purge is real. Um Tanner, I'd like to read you a poem before we leave. Yes, please. And it goes like this. O taunt, thou art sick, a very good bird, that stings you so right, a knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh so soon it will cause me to have to call the burn unit. It's our burn of the week where we talk about what the burns were of the week. Tanner, did you have a burn of the week this week? What's your burn? Too many to... Yeah, a lot of burns in this one. Hey, said Abby quietly. I'm new here, but to me, that looks like Troy Parker, the guy who was suspended for, what, like two weeks? Yep, I replied. It was true. One of the kids was Troy Parker. No one knows what he did yet? Claudia, who was nearby, joined us. Nope, but if you ask me, he should be suspended for his fashion sense. (laughs) I mean, a red belt with that outfit? Everything he wears seems to clash. And that would be cruelty to children, though. Because he's color, he's colorblind. He's colorblind. And if a teacher suspended someone for having bad fashion sense, right, which is based on a d- disability, that'd be national news. The four witches would fucking drop their states Wands. and walk away, right? Wouldn't they? Right. In this country, in this country, in this economy, in this in this economy, if some if a if a boy was suspended for having bad fashion sense, Jack would have never made it through fucking high school. Yeah, that's true. Okay, <laughs> that's a burn on me. Here's my burn. And it's a burn on votes for Oates. Okay. And it's the end of the book when the school board still tries to not allow the teachers union to ratify itself, even though they've caught the vandal. As applause broke out, Mr. Oates leapt to his feet. The BSC out in force and in the front row applauded still louder, trying to drown out Mr. Oates. But eventually he prevailed, glaring at the audience. He said, I protest. How do we know that this is an isolated incident of vandalism? How can we be sure that the teachers haven't conveniently chosen a scapegoat on which to hang these acts in order to protect themselves? How? Don't be ridiculous, Oates, interrupted a short woman who had been Mr. Oates's ally at the previous meeting. Are you accusing the teachers of framing someone? Mr. Oates's mouth opened and closed, like the mouth of a big, fat fish out of water. But, but, he sputtered. Sit down, said the woman. The audience rocked the rafters with cheers and applause. Mr. Oates sat down. And that was stolen from the final episode of Game of Thrones. Oh, I didn't see it. Okay, where she, and she says, sit down. Who does? Sansa. They say Sansa, but I think it's Sansa. 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 They say Sansa, Sansa in the show, but I think it's Sansa. Sounds like a car model. She says sit down. A Toyota Sansa. And her uncle sits down. Okay. And that's the point. I don't... I'm a, a person who... And it's not really a... a spoiler if you haven't caught up yet because it's just about a guy who sits down. Uh, the, the, that a guy sits down. I am. A, I would consider myself a Game of Thrones super fan. No. The books? I have read every book. So have I. I have so a tattoo. I. I read the books before you did. I didn't um, get a tattoo. I don't have a tattoo. My wife, I would say maybe semi-seriously considers divorcing me on a regular basis because of my opinion and stance on Robert Baratheon. He's the best king. Which is he's the best king and the none of this would have happened if he had just lived and continued to be like cool party king. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
It makes her so angry when I say that. She yeah. like she when I bring that up, she will leave the room. She will say, "I can't talk to you about this," and she'll yeah. leave the room. Okay. But you know what? We wouldn't be in this fucking mess if Robert Baratheon had just lived and been cool party king. Yeah. But I haven't seen the final season, um, or the seventh season, or the sixth, or the fifth. Or Sansa the or Sansa, as you people insist on saying. Uh, I say Zanza. says sit down and it's stolen from this book and it is a direct allusion to this scene in Babysitter's Club Mystery number 25 which we have I feel like we need to go and amend the the review, review. I don't think we can because I already submitted it Tim Cook is already reading it right now with his team of lawyers okay I have a better idea then. okay open up the iTunes store okay go to Game of Thrones season 8 okay and let's leave a review on that okay Maybe that's like, listen, a lot of people have a lot of issues with this that's good. season, okay. but like one thing you should know is that it does blatantly vandalize Babysitter's Club Mystery. Number 25, Christy in the Middle School Vandal. Yes. Okay, good. And so that's what we'll leave that review. Okay. Um, and, um, and that'll fucking show them. Yeah. And in the meantime, what we're going to do is we're going to leave and we're going to get the fuck out of here. Okay. Riddle Babies, thank you for bearing with us. Tanner, thank you for bearing with me. Riddle Babies, if you are not an elite baby yet, you can be by going to patreon.com slash podcast and signing up for our whole other show where we talk about the Little Sister books. It's only $5 a month, and it is worth it because the episodes are really good, and you get another episode each week. And we need to feed our fucking kids, okay? And we have to feed our children. Um, please buy our merch. You can find that at bit.ly slash bscc merch. What we would also like for you to do is to go to iTunes, open it up, find our podcast, give us five stars, write a quick review. You can just say it's nice. Or do what we do. Yeah. Stream of consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> Literally pick any pop culture reference from the last 30 years. <laughs> Don't give away all our secrets. <laughs> this week we read a novel that was called Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 25, Christy and the Middle School Vandal. Next week we're going to be reading a little novel called Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 26, Dawn Schaefer, Undercover Babysitter. Ooh, sounds like we're going to have to call up our friends. Weed Lord and Halfpipe. Weed Lord and Halfpipe. Love those guys. Man, I was like, my mind... The the names it clicked to were not We Lord and Halfpipe. No. The names it clicked to were Toehead and Skidmark. Which <laughs> is just not right. No, that's not right. <laughs> but I'm interested in exploring that character Bible. Maybe next week when we talk about this book, we're traveling to California to Palo City to check in on Dawn and the We Heart Kids Club, see and what she's up to. It looks like Weedlord she's undercover. Um, in the meantime, Riddle Babies, please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's, remember the trip man, take your dream horse through that maze. I've been Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think. You would think that, that Zendaya is Michi. Had just been invented. <laughs>
still have a month left on leave, which is great. Mm-hmm. Miles and I just giggle all day. We went to the Met the other day, the museum. Oh. Does he like art? He loves art. Yeah, he's very sophisticated. Yeah. Um, what about Cyril? Well, you can get him. He has a new thing where if you say, who likes tractors? He goes, I do, I do. So you can say that about anything. So I could okay. say, like, who likes Vermeer? Right. You know, I, make do, him, make, I do. Make him sound sophisticated. Who likes tractors? I do. <laughs> who likes tractors? I do. <laughs> yeah. That was a HeadGum Podcast.